You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. And the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. We're all watching right now as war unfolds in the Middle East after witnessing the evil terrorist attacks against Israelis, against Jews, simply for being Jews. We're going to cover the different angles of this ongoing story for you as this continues. Uh, today, we're going to talk to a man who recently tweeted that he is the only member of Congress who has worn both the uniform of the United States Army and the uniform of the Israel Defense Forces. We're going to talk to him about his experiences serving in the IDF, uh, concerns that this could become a regional war. We're also going to get his take on the Hamas caucus, these left-wing Democrats who refuse to condemn Palestine, who refuse to defend Hamas, but they'll blame Israel. And lastly, we're going to talk to him about the Iranian spy ring that reportedly infiltrated the Biden administration. What do you need to know about that? So stay tuned for this conversation with Florida's Congressman Brian Mast. Congressman Brian Mast, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show uh, with so much going on in Congress and around the world right now. So we appreciate you making the time. Appreciate you asking the questions. You know, I had you on the show when I was uh, on Fox News over the weekend. And so I just wanted to have you on the podcast as well. Uh, you had tweeted recently that, you know, you were proud to be the only member of Congress to have worn both the United States Army uniform as well as the Israeli Defense Forces. Uh, you know, talk about that experience serving the, in the IDF, uh, you know, what did you learn? Man, uh, I, and I've spoke about this in, in length to people because it was such a, a memorable experience for me and probably different for me than other people that volunteer uh, with the I, IDF. When I went over there, this was following similar situation, not nearly to the extent of what's going on right now, but, you know, there was 2014, there was bombardment of rockets that were going into, into Israel. There were Israeli soldiers not civilians, but soldiers that were kidnapped at the time. I was a student at Harvard. I had retired from the military about three years prior. And as I'm up in Harvard in 2014, up in Boston, and my wife is pregnant with our third child, and we have two little boys at the time, and we're out living in this place called Beacon Hill, right next to the Boston Commons, where there's a park, and that's where we take our kids to play. There was all these anti-Israel protests 
that were going on there constantly. People draped in Palestinian flags like people have seen these days. And one night that we're out there just basically minding our own business, uh, some of these protesters started uh, aggressively questioning, giving me the third degree, harassing me uh, in front of my wife and kids about me being a U.S. service member and my stance on, on Israel and what we're doing in the Middle East and that kind of thing. We were minding our own business, mind you. And, and it's not hard for people to figure out that I was a service member. You might say, well, why did they, you know, why did they pinpoint you? I wear a hat that says Army Rangers and I don't have any legs. So it doesn't take a genius to figure it out. And, and these people were not geniuses, but they figured it out quickly. And so it was after that that I'm like, all right, Brianna, my wife, Brianna, I said, I, this is so beyond hypocritical. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to get my hands dirty. I'm going to find a way and I'm going to show my support for Israel, the freedom that they represent against this hypocrisy, this, this maddening situation that's going on. And that's what I did. And so I go over there and, and, I serve on these medical bases uh, and I work in supply chain there, you know, literally like moving boxes, moving pallets, getting, uh, you know, tourniquets and supplies and, and, and blood bags and things like that to, to places that they need to get. Nobody should think that the, the fate of Israel relied on the presence of Brian Mast. It, it certainly did not. Um, but, but I was getting my hands dirty, doing what I, what I could, which is what I always tell young people to do. Don't just live on, on social media and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and things like that. Like go get your, your hands dirty in the most worthy causes that you believe in. And, and so I'm there doing that. And the situation really became very different for me because all of a sudden it became this national thing there. There's a legless, American soldier here serving in our military. What the heck is going on? Why, why is this happening? And all of a sudden I started having very little work done in part, you could say, because I was meeting with the family of Itzhak Rabin, or I was meeting with uh, the generals or the admirals, or I was meeting with, with my counterparts. Uh, you know, I was a bomb tech in the U S army in, in joint special operations command. And I'm meeting with their Yahalom, uh, they're, you know, they're tunnel rats. They're, they're special operations that go out there and literally get in the tunnels and blow up the tunnels, you know, going between the Gaza Strip and other places. And, and the situation took that change from where I was, uh, you know, doing the, the supply chain work to where I was having this experience that I could have never predicted because, uh, I don't know, I get, because, because, we'll just say because. As we enter into this, you know, obviously there are, are some real concerns that, this becomes a regional war, that it potentially becomes a world war. How do we prevent that from happening? Is it preventable? You know, How does Israel extract the cost that they deserve and need to extract uh, without this? You know, How do they prevent it from becoming a, a regional war? Maybe this might sound backward to people initially, but you have to have a commitment that is a threat as a deterrence. And so when I, I say that, I think your analysis is correct about all of the players in this, we all know Iran is a puppeteer and Iran will call on, on Muslim fighters across the entire region and globe uh, to, to go out there and come to the area for fighting or conduct ISIS-like attacks in other places like Europe or America or other places, you name it, in the same way that you see this, this radical baiting on campuses like at Harvard, like what I witnessed back in 14, but but even worse, you, you see this, and, and that 
can create conflict across the globe. But you see those talents of Iran, whether in Yemen, whether in Syria, whether in Jordan, whether in Syria, whether in, in, in Lebanon, uh, whether in Egypt, you take your place and, and they are also a part of that supply chain and infrastructure for getting weapons, uh, materials, intelligence, uh, you name it, into the, the Gaza Strip or into the West Bank. And, and when that involves all of them, and they were all involved in killing Americans and taking Americans hostage, and God forbid for them, if they are taking Americans back onto the soil of these other places, outside of the Gaza Strip? Yes, because there, again, and I've said this before, there should be every expectation that there are American operators headed to rescue Americans and have retribution for Americans. That should be the expectation. And when you make it clear that that is the commitment of America and the commitment of the Israelis and, and the Israeli allies like America is that we will be there until the job is done. Not stop because there were 5,000 bodies that stacked up and that was just enough, or there were 10,000 bodies and, and somebody says, well, that's too many, uh, or, or something like that. No, no, the job stops when the mission of destroying this, the, every bit of this that allowed this to take place is, is gone with the same commitment that we would wipe out Nazis in Europe. When you let it be known that that is the commitment, then I think you have people saying, whoa, pump the brakes. Uh, we noticed that it was this person over here or this entity over here, or they've been meeting in this building over here, or, hey, uh, let us help you by figuring out this is where it is over here. All of a sudden you get people that they say, no, don't slap me like that. Uh, you know, we're willing to play. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, we're talking about, you know, dead Americans as well. Uh, you know, the most Jews killed in a single day since the Holocaust, a different face, but the same evil, the same goal of the genocide of the Jews. Uh, you know, you, you talked about that anti-Semitism that you saw in 2014, but it's also in the halls of Congress. Uh, you know, what is called the Hamas caucus right now, where, you know, these left-wing Democrats who are standing in support with the Palestinians, Rashida Tlaib, pressed by a Fox reporter the other day, still refused to denounce the atrocities committed by Hamas terrorists. AOC waited to respond until condemning, you know, taking the time to, to you know, defend the Palestinians and and to, you know, go after Israel in, instead. Uh, I, I mean, so it's also in the halls of Congress. They didn't just refuse. Let's take Rashida Tlaib. And if you didn't see the video, number one, she ran away from condemning the atrocities from she she didn't take the time to stop pause, reflect, as, as any representative of the United States of America should do, and say, this is what took place, and that is unacceptable. It, it should be condemned with the harshest possible term. She ran away from it. She hid from it. She remained silent. And, and that was where her conviction lied. But, you know, you go beyond that. And I think I have been a longtime critic, forever, a forever critic of the two-state solution. Because 
what you're essentially talking about, and this goes bipartisanly in the halls of Congress, is people saying we should make a state out of the entity that just did this or the entity that, you know, every year it doesn't get national press coverage, but drop five rockets on this day and two rockets on this day and a bombing on this day and a stabbing or a shooting on this day. You know, and, and it goes uncovered, but it's happening on a daily, weekly, monthly basis every single year. But we should ignore all of that and make a nation out of the, the entities that are this. And, and this also goes, you know, I, I would ask Rashida Tlaib or AOC or, or Ilhan Omar or Cori Bush, you take any of those people that were probably out there saying, you know, the, you know, the, the old question of, uh, hey, were there any good people in Charlottesville? Well, well, what are you saying? There were good people over here. If you said there were no good people in Charlottesville, you should be saying there were no good people here. You would think that that would be, uh, you know, in, in intellectual thing uh, to be able to say in there, uh, if you know what I'm talking about, Charlottesville. And they won't do that. They, they pretend as though Hamas and Hezbollah are these totally separate entities, which they are not. I didn't see one, uh, I'm sorry, not Hamas and Hezbollah, Palestinians and Hamas. Uh, you know, th I didn't see any Palestinians that were saying, turn around, put the rifle down, return that Israeli, return that American. Uh, hey, let me help you out. Let me get you out of there. I didn't see one of them stepping forward saying, hey, we saw the planning of this taking place and we're giving you this warning that this was happening. Here's where they were practicing. This is what they were planning on doing. You didn't see any of that. And the loudest thing that you heard said, uh, heard taking place wasn't the gunfire, wasn't the bombings. It was the, the cry of Allah Akbar as they're beheading Jews, as they're taking children hostage, as they're killing the elderly, it was them crying out that God was willing them to do this. Let's take a quick commercial break. More with Congressman Brian Mast. Hey, guys, it's Steve Covino from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You well, and also, you know, the Palestinians chose this path when they elected Hamas to power in 2006 in Gaza. Um, so, you know, this was a path that was chosen. Uh, this is a destiny that they chose. And so uh, they will now be on the receiving end of, you know, where those actions led. <laughs> I want to say 76 out of like 130, something to that effect, 70 plus out of 130 of their government representatives, uh, you know, in one of those years were made up of members of literal declared members of Hamas. This is not just a group that's peripheral to Palestinians. It is embedded them. It is who they elect to them. And it is the reason that Abbas does not have uh, elections for the last however many years, because they know that Hamas will win a popular election there. It is who the people choose to be their government and to create a state out of them would to be to create a terrorist government that that perpetuates everything that the world just saw. One thing that I think concerns all of us is there was some reporting recently about a, an Iranian spying that had infiltrated the Biden administration, uh, the Iran Experts Initiative. We know that Robert Malley is under investigation by the FBI. He was serving as the um, Iran envoy. But you also have a, another senior policy advisor at the DOD um, who was allegedly repeatedly in contact with Iran's foreign ministry, who is still there at the Department of Defense. Uh, what can you tell us about this spy ring and, uh, you know, what are Republicans doing on Capitol Hill to try to get to the bottom of it? Yeah, so I chair the Foreign Affairs uh, uh, Oversight Subcommittee. I've asked about this numerous times behind closed doors and literally in, in hearings. So we're talking about Robert Malley and we're talking about Dr. Tabatabai. And so for Mali, literally had a security clearance revoked, was the top uh, official for the Biden administration in dealing with Iran in, you know, previously working with the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action and trying to revive a new JCPOA for the Biden administration. And so security clearance revoked because of allegations of security violations relating to Iran and and. That is incredibly serious in the face of everything that's going on. Beyond that, the administration refuses to answer question on it. They didn't even alert people to the fact that this had taken place. When it did take place, they tried to brush it under the rug and make sure nobody knew. Instead of saying, hey, Congress, uh, House of Representatives, Senate, we may have a problem here. They didn't do that. It, it had to be discovered. Ms. Tabatabai, Dr. Tabatabai, chief of staff uh, for, uh, you know, a defense secretary and in, or undersecretary. And, and in this, I asked very specific questions in a hearing going to what's known as the SF-86, the National Security Questionnaire. It's 100 pages of what you have to fill out relating to everywhere you worked, went to school, people you know, if you want to get a security clearance in the United States government. Sometimes they do a polygraph, sometimes they don't, you name it. And I asked the questions of of her boss, who she is the chief of staff for publicly. So everybody can go back and watch the video and see his answer. Hey, you all issued a defense of Dr. Tabatabai, said that you stand by her. Let me ask you these questions. Did she put down the Iranian foreign minister as a foreign contact 
on her national security questionnaire or not? I don't have the answer to that. Was that was that was the answer to the question? Well, let me get this straight. You put out a defense of her, but you didn't take the time to determine whether she did or did not have contact with the Iranian foreign defense defense minister. That's absurd to think that. And, and I'll give you one other thing on this, and then you know go to whatever you want. But I think there's where this is an issue of where there's smoke, there's fire. With that national security questionnaire to stay on that thread, there is a seven-year statute of limitations for talking about your work, your foreign contacts, your things like that. It may be a case that, depending on the math of this, uh, that it was exactly at seven years where she was, you know, on paper working with this this group that was trying to support Iranian. Uh, influence with policymakers in America. And when she put in her application for a national security questionnaire to work with the Department of Defense, it is right on the threshold of this seven year mark where makes it where she doesn't have to talk about it. And it could be that she did that on purpose. It could be that she did list it, but they're not telling us. Uh, Or it could be that, you know, this was never checked out at all. Maybe gives you a glimpse into seeing how, why are this administration's response to Iran has been the way it is. The country's falling apart. The world's falling apart. Uh, we need leaders in the Republican Party who act like adults, not children. Uh, obviously, the House is without a speaker right now uh, because of people acting like children, uh, not adults. Uh, your, your take on that before we go. I'm going to give you news right now. In In this moment right now that we're speaking, um, I can tell you, I will not support any current member of our leadership in the Republican Party right now. Now, I've made commitments to, that that will be news to some people. I have made commitments to su- support people. But right now, I will not because of exactly what you are said. I am not seeing leadership out of those that have already asked to lead and others. You do not send half of the legislative branch of the United States of America out after the speaker is is ousted in that that branch of government in utter confusion for a straight week. That that is not leadership. You do not have an election behind closed doors for a speaker of the House and, and determine this and then have everybody behind closed doors say, wait a minute, let's make sure that there are 218 people that are in fact going to vote for the person that got the most votes, 113 votes behind closed doors. Let's make sure that there are 218 people that will commit to voting for this person. And let's make sure that we say, have a plan of what we're going to do for the next 50, 100 days. Take your pick so that we can let people know what's going to happen going forward. There was a warning about that. But no, again, sent out of the doors, in confusion. I learned about the fact that we were going to recess for a whole nother day by seeing it take place with Patrick McHenry gaveling in on C-SPAN and saying, we're recessing until tomorrow at whatever time. That is not leadership. And I will not support anybody that is not showing the level of leadership that this country deserves on on a host of different fronts. Leading America is important. But it should not be difficult as a Republican, right? As a Republican, what do we want? We want adherence to the Constitution. We want lower taxes. 
We want less regulation and we want to, to find a place that you can put more quality of life and more money into the pocket of every American. What is the plan that you have to do that? It's not about funding the government as everybody has a conversation of. It's about what part of the government do you need to fund so that you keep America safe and so that you create a situation that America can continue moving, not just saying we need to fund the government. And I am not seeing the right conversations and I am not seeing leadership. And as you can hear, I am incredibly frustrated about it. I hear your frustration. I think a lot of people are, you know, they just want to see some leadership from Republicans uh, at such a dire time, uh, both here and abroad. Uh, Congressman Brian Mast, we appreciate your service to this country. um, And we appreciate you taking the time to, to come on the show, sir. And I thank you for asking the questions. Take care. That was Congressman Brian Mast of Florida. I want to thank him for taking the time to come on the show. We're going to continue to follow this story every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Until next time. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you.